Hey everyone, welcome back to the relaunch podcast. And okay, again, how much do I love when I get to bring somebody on that we have so many things in common and our passion, our, you know, we talk about 3HQ, head, heart, highest self. And being able to break it down with how she's relaunched her life, I've relaunched where the connections go and how you all listening this can leverage it right away. Take what we're talking about and don't sit on it, but make things happen. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Melanie Benson, and she is authority amplifier and possibility igniter for expert. I love this. Not just entrepreneur, but expertpreneurs. She shows you how to stand out in a crowded market and attract high paying clients and all of those opportunities that surround them. Since 2000, Melanie has a proven track record of accelerating results for her clients. And it's not uncommon, everyone, not uncommon to see a three to five X revenue increase in the first six months. How awesome is that? She's also the host of the top 1.5% podcast, Amplify Your Success. I'm telling you, you are in for a treat here. She is the co-host of Next Level Influence, and she is the author of Rewired for Wealth. Rewired for Wealth. Does that not sound so good? We're going to learn about that today. An entrepreneur.com startup guide to starting an information marketing business. And she's also been featured in Authority Magazine, Bloomberg Business Week, Women's Day and Parenting, to name a few. But right now, forget about all of that. She is here to deliver. She is here to elevate you and to impact each and every one of us. You're listening to The Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, We'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. I got to say, Melanie, welcome to the Relaunch Podcast. Thank you, Hillary. I have really been looking forward to this conversation. I was listening to the show and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. It's going to be so good because, you know, each of us, you know, we're, we're Gen Xers and we have lived quite a life already. We have our wise woman deep within us that it has definitely shared a tremendous amount with us. And we're going to now like bring that to the audience. So you know how I like to start. I always like to let people know that, yes, there has been a lot of extraordinary things, but there 
bottom line were a lot of like less than ordinary that we really didn't want to have happen that brought us to where we are and to who we are today. So would love to hear the most significant relaunch experience that you've had so far to date that's really shifted and really be you're you are where you are today because of it you know it's interesting i knew you're going to ask me this question and there's so many like i I am (laughs) a person that's constantly evolving right and i truly had many many moments of what the f moments what how is this going to (laughs) look what am i going to do different how am i going to survive this or thrive this I, you know, I think the one that really stands out is I, I have the, you know, getting started story that everybody can relate to where it took forever to figure out the messaging and the monetization and all that. But what I think a lot of people don't talk about and don't recognize happens to, to you when you have been in business for a while is the, this is not working anymore. I built a thriving, extraordinary business that A, I don't love and B, doesn't work in this marketplace. What the heck am I going to do next? And so hold on, before you even go down, I am sure, and I am raising my hand, that was so profound. That is like, yes, we think it, but could we actually acknowledge it and say it? So thank you for saying something so important. We build, we build, we keep our head down. We're so focused on like, well, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what, you know, I said I was going to, said I was going to do, right? How many of us are like, but I said I was going to do it. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're you're still trying to perfect the messaging. You're still trying to figure out the avatar. You're still trying to figure it all out. And you're like, I got to like raise my hand. It's like the Hail Mary. It's like the, you know, give me something. And you're not, you're not where you should be. And you had that happen. And what happened then? Yeah. Well, you know, I like to call that moment for me or that phase for me, because it wasn't more, it wasn't a moment. <laughs> it went on for, for quite a painful uh, year, but I actually, I like that's look- pretty good, Melanie, a year. Yeah. That's actually and not bad. I, I mean, yeah. I, I've it, had people that come and they're like, I've been doing this for five years, 10 I'm miserable. I don't know how to get out. I have the noose around my neck. If I move too far right, I might actually like, you know, yeah. it, it'll be the end of me. So, yeah. I think it Man. was a couple of things. One, there was a perfect storm happening in our environment where we had the financial market crash. Uh, a lot of people's credit lines were affected. I had some team that was not really serving me at the highest level. There were some people with you know, on my team that weren't really in the right place doing the right things. I was on a a treadmill of like, let's just keep doing the machine because the machine's working really well. And there was this little seed inside of me of like, I don't know if I like this. I don't know if this is what I want. And like all great manifestors. So if you follow human design, I'm a manifester in human design. I manifested a way You and I both are. Yep. No doubt. I manifested a way out of something, but I did it in such a messy, profoundly painful way because I didn't know what I did want. So Mm -hmm. sometimes we manifest a way out of something before we know what's next. And I literally spent a whole bunch of time spinning around like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't know what I do want to do. How do I keep this going? Because this is financially very lucrative. That's a tough one. And I got an opportunity to relaunch, reinvent to pivot, to really lean into where my superpowers Mm -hmm. wanted to shine, which is an integration of the mindset and, 
you know, a bit of personal development along with massively uh, valuable visibility that is monetizable and how, how we can stand out and be an authority in a marketplace and, you know, attract high paying clients that can't wait to say yes, because it's such a valuable offer. And I, before you go on though, you said, I got an opportunity. Mm -hmm. I got an opportunity. And you also said, sometimes we manifest our way out. Sometimes we don't realize that we're all of a sudden like, what just happened? And I do have to say, I find that this is what, when you know you're not supposed to be doing something, I mean, I really believe whether you believe in God or the universe, things get put into your pathway that are, if you, if you actually acknowledge them and recognize them, they're trying to get you off that path. They're trying to knock you off to get you to go in a different direction. So what happened when you said, I got an opportunity? So the opportunity wasn't somebody handing me an opportunity. Mm -hmm. It's me shifting out of, and I will fully admit, I was all in blame and victim mode. Something happened to me instead of me recognizing in those moments, oh, this is happening for me. It took a lot of very big personal work to get to the place where I recognized, oh my gosh, this happened for me and to embrace that and to use that energy. It's easy to get into victim mode. Totally. It's so easy. And there were some things that did happen to me. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't have all the uh, contribution to that problem. I had my responsibility in it, but the bottom line was it happened and I got to decide, am I resilient? Am I determined? Am I committed to continuing to bring what I know as a vessel of wisdom, as you said earlier, I have so many learnings. I have so many things that do work. Can I stand in that and allow myself to re kind of align with my superpower and bring a new and improved, if you will, version of what I do to the world and maybe stop a, a, a way of bringing that work to the world that isn't necessarily going where the world is going. <laughs> yeah. And that the, was hard way, new way. Mm-hmm. It was, I like to think of it as like old paradigm, emerging paradigm, right? Cause I still yeah. think the paradigm is shifting radically. Like every six months, every 18 months, we're seeing a new evolution of coaching and expert-based businesses and how the marketplace responds to our marketing and our visibility strategies and our way of delivering our work product is what wanted to come through, but it's not that. It's like we're giving people a way to, to learn from us and shortcut their paths to their own success, but the marketplace responds differently every so often, and we have to be nimble and adaptable to that. I believe and I can say this after 23 years of coaching here and running businesses and being in corporate, I've never seen such change occurring as I have starting in January, 2023 of this year. I mean, Agreed. it is accelerated and, and I've been through so many of the tech, you know, massive changes, but it feels like And people are like, oh, we're, you know, new normal, new normal. Heck no. This is a new, different, as you called it, a paradigm. Things have changed based on what we all went through as a group relaunch with COVID, the pandemic coming out of it. And 
history, you know, we say history repeats itself, history repeats itself. And what can we learn? And, you know, well, we've had these type of things. We've never had them with that influx of what we all went through for the period of, you know, two plus years. And that's where I think now you have to be willing to open yourself up. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think about like, why are things so rapidly changed? Or is it just that we're getting older here? <laughs> I'm like, wow, no. time, time's flying by even faster than before. But what do yes, you think? Yes, I totally agree with everything you just said. So again, it's all a hypothesis, right? We all have our, yeah, our sure. experience that paints a picture or a story we're making up about this. My version of the story is the, the pandemic was kind of like the Noah's Ark version in current times. We had to wipe the slate clean. We had to reprogram what our value systems are as a society and humanity in order for us to continue to evolve. And I personally find that what's happened is we have had a collective consciousness reboot. And I would say a good 60 to 70% of the world has up-leveled their value systems. What used to be important has stopped being important. And if you know anything about spiral dynamics, which I believe is Ken Wilber and can't remember the other guy's name, they they kind of had this model they taught uh, in the 70s and 80s about the evolution of humanity. We're going through another spiral where we're integrating the what's called the levels five, six, and seven, and we're now moving into eight, nine, and ten, which is where money and um, power doesn't exist in the same way. And mm-hmm. what's important to us as society is impact and an integration of the way we are being at such a another level that I still think people are still trying to wrap their heads around, well, what do people want right now? And so I don't what, even know that what people would you know say, what they want. I, hey, that's an important one too. But what would you yeah. say was the five, six, seven? What, what was that? So part? five is power. It's yeah. um, kind of like, it's authoritative power, basically. Yep. Uh, that yep. was really coming out of the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. There was a collection. And again, this is a whole class in itself. But basically, level five is how do we create order out of what felt like some form of like free will that wasn't serving anybody? And so we formed corporations. Mm-hmm. We found we formed organizations that would keep order. That's the easy way to say it. It's much more complicated than that. Six was screw that. Like, I don't want any of that, like control over me. Let's go for free will, free love. You know, that was the sixties and people really making a stand for, yes, I don't want to be controlled by a government or an entity or anything like that. I want to have free will. Seven is the integration of money and I don't want to say capitalism, but structure, like being able to structure a way to create uh, wealth that mm-hmm. has a more impact-driven impact in the world. And I don't even know that we know where we're going with it. We just know that people's values have changed and what's driving buying behavior is evolving. And people, you know, buyers have really become more sophisticated. They're not falling for a lot of the smoke and mirrors, like, hey, you know, pay me this and you're going to get this crazy offer. Like a lot of that doesn't work anymore. You know, what's fascinating is that I was at the Silicon Summit last week in Utah and Tony Robbins was the keynote and the first time I've ever seen him like deliver something in two hours, not 20 hours or, you know, the long massive. It was so great. 
And he talked about exactly what you just said. And he was saying it's the first time in our, you know, as we're moving into this next phase where people are open, not just to the logical thinking, the steps, the processes, the procedures, but that, okay, there's more to it. It's not just this understanding of we're in it just for ourselves, just let's make the money. There's a much more um, humanistic, empathetic, kind of that heart-based moving in. And then also this connection to there's something bigger than us. And guess what? You can tap into it. And I'm like, oh, this is so my jam now. Because when I was working at Oracle, it was very much a you know, this you know, very much the left brain, get the deal done. How many, you know, how much is the revenue, blah, blah, all that. And now there's a much bigger, like we're, we're working on the person we're working on. I love it. The humanity of it all. So thank you yeah, for bringing this. The being. beingness is what, what a lot of people refer yeah. this to. And I think I was just at a conference speaking um, last week or over the weekend, I guess it was. And one of the things that kept coming up is who are we being yeah. in the on the path to what we're wanting to experience more of? I love it. Said, That's 3HQ in a nutshell right there. If you can move it into not only your internal self, your personal life, but also your professional, it's like... Wow. But one thing that I have to, I, you know, it would be remiss if I didn't, you talk a lot about your unique business superpower. And can you, can you walk us through exactly like what, what are you referring to and how can we tap into that? Thank you for asking. Cause I think this is a very, there's a lot of myth and a lot of misunderstanding around our business superpower and what our unique qualities are and how we how we leverage that in the designing of an expertpreneur business. So going back to my story and that pivot, I, I honestly like I lucked out in the beginning. I rode the wave of coaching as it was coming to life, and I got really lucky. Like what I did then there's some things that would never work now, right? It's like so I, true. <laughs> I found a platform and I rode the platform, you know? And right. then coming out of that, I, I realized very quickly, like what, what people want is to know they're going to get to an outcome. And so I had to go back into my, what what is my unique qualities? Like what does make me stand out in this industry? What can I do that even if it's similar to what other people can deliver is so unique to me, no one can ever replicate it. And it's what mm -hmm. people love the most. So when I teach people how to, I, I have this program called the 100K at their accelerator and we all, we are an authority in something. We have an expertise that makes us unique. But what happens is we get very cloudy about it. We get muddy thinking and we go into like the features or the process, or the how we create outcomes for people. And we get lost in that instead of really looking at what is the value-based result that we can deliver by packaging and delivering something that only we know how to do. So you could take something that everybody understands, like let's say, I teach people how to leverage their message or borrow other people's audiences to take their message and amplify the reach of it so it turns into their client attraction system. 
Mm. That doesn't sound like I teach people how to speak. Right. So people get caught up in like, well, I teach people how to speak on stages to get clients. I mean, that's a little bit different. And so you can find a way to position in what I call magnetize your message. So it's more compelling. So everybody has a unique business superpower, even if you think it's just like your competitors or other colleagues, the way you kind of package it and pull the value out, not only helps you stand out in a crowded market and gives you a competitive sales advantage, it also, it also helps you elevate what you charge for it. Because hmm. a lot of people are trapped in financial struggle because they're still like selling what they do by the hour or in a way that's so lowball because they're afraid they're going to lose clients that they're actually having to work way too hard for the, you know, the results they're getting, not just for themselves, but for their clients. So I know there's people out there that are saying, I know I'm supposed to have a superpower. I know I'm supposed to identify it. I know that there's a USP, my unique selling proposition, but how do I start to really figure it out? Yeah. How do you do that? Do you have like a great way to get people? How do you coach them when you're first starting with them? What do you, what do you do? Yeah. So the first step that I do is I have people do a little like internal audit of, all right, so what are the things that you absolutely love doing that apply to business? Okay. So I love cooking gourmet paleo food but that's not my business, right? So that's not the monetizable superpower. But I do love love that you like doing that. That's very cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's a fun fact, right? That is a fun fact. I didn't know that about you. So very cool. Yeah, that little tidbit. And and again, we all have those things that we love doing that give us energy and like kind of source life for us, but we have to lean into the ones that apply to our business. So another superpower. That's so of mine, funny. Yes, we do. Everyone, a business is about making money, revenue right? that attaches yeah, and- to the impact, right? And the more <laughs> impact, the more revenue. So we got to be looking at it like making money is important. Otherwise, we have an expensive hobby. Let's just be yes. And hey, um, I've had a few of those. They are yes, very expensive. Haven't we all? Yeah, the, that moment where you're like, this is actually costing me money. I think I yeah, need to figure this, this out a little this bit This isn't working. So the, the business superpower has to be monetizable and it has to help your clients achieve an outcome. So mm-hmm. I'll just keep taking me for an example. And if you want to share one of yours too, that would be awesome. So for me, one of my monetizable superpowers is when I am in a coaching process with a client, I hear their like what their valuable, like high, high price, high ticket price program is just simply when they talk. When I'm coaching are you talking, people. Are, are you talking about your intuitive abilities? Is that no. this hearing? I okay. hear uh-huh. in their language, what they okay. can't see for themselves. Ah, it's in okay. their blind spot. Okay. So that would be a superpower. Another superpower is I've been able to develop like this, ability to magnetize someone's message. So it's more compelling. So they'll be like, mm-hmm. I do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, no, what you do is ABC. And they're like, yes, that's it. Right. And so I just, these are superpowers I've developed over the years. So those are a couple of mine. So what would you say one of yours is? I would say I literally can help anyone 
elevate their energy to then resonate with what they are trying to actually create in their life. So you you can't be at a low vibrational energy and expect to be, you know, super successful in business. And so I give people that ability to be like, dang, I can do this at, you know, energy on demand. I can do it at any time. And then getting very crystal clear on what they're actually going for. And does it tie back into this whole tuning in process to their business and their ultimate life? So I think that's my that's kind of my super, super power. I call myself the CEO, but I'm the chief energy officer. Ooh, I like that. I always <laughs> call myself CEO, chief entrepreneurial officer. <laughs> I like that. We're, we're okay. reframing the CEO we're, energy. We are. So when you're not using your superpower mm-hmm. in your business, what, what, what do you find happens? Typically, you're going to feel depleted you're going to feel uninspired. You're going to be invisible in the marketplace. So you know what you do works, but if you're doing things that are not necessarily in your business superpower, you're not going to be able to really language it in a very powerful way. And so what you put out in the world is going to kind of fall flat and your messaging isn't going to like roll for you. It's going to like feel very sticky and like I, people call it like it gets muddy in their head or they're cloudy about it. And you're going to have a very hard time monetizing it because when you're really in your business superpower, and this is one of the things I love uh, about the process is you're literally going to have a way to package it and and invite your ideal clients to experience it by exchanging money for your process. Right. And it's going to be fire. People are going to be like, Shazam, that is hot. How do I (laughs) like, I'm a yes. Like they might not figure out the money, but they're like a full body. Yes. Because there's so much congruence and so much energetic frequency alignment with Mm -hmm. that offer. And what you do, it's like, you are so you're like, I can't not do this. I am born for this. And there's a lot of people who they can't figure out how to monetize that thing they're born for. We might as well talk about this for a second, right? They're like, I'm born for this, but nobody wants to pay me for it. This is where oh, we have so to many people out there it. saying, yes. saying, that's me, that's me. I mean, so yeah. many people are like, I love to do this, but I, how can I make money doing it? Yeah. And again, there's a difference between a hobby and a monetizable business activity, right? Something that you know how to do. And it's about, I call it building the golden bridge Mm, there. This is the second part of the exercise. So once we really get clear, what is my business superpower? And most, most of us kind of have an inkling of it. We just don't trust it because the way we've tried to move it out into the world before didn't work, but they didn't realize, oh my God, there's like six other things that have to be in place it, for that monetizable Nellie, that superpower. so true. People think, well, I tried it and it didn't work. You tried it once and it yes. might not have been that right one. Like you said, there's six other different ways, but people give up. She and it's like, they oh. chase bright, shiny ideas. Uh, oh, well, that didn't go the way I thought. Let me go jump after the next thing. And totally. so we have so many things we're trying to do. And there's so many things that are distracting us. You forgot to really like go through the whole process of taking that superpower to the mm-hmm. market and optimizing it. Totally. You guys, this is so, what Melanie is saying is so important. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. There are people 
that have been in business one year, three years, five years, and they're just kind of the revenue is stalled out. Mm-hmm. I get asked quite a bit, and I'd love to get your perspective on it. Hillary, at what point do I just need to accept that this isn't the business for me? What do you say to somebody like that? Because I love the process of the superpower and yeah. you know the internal audit. And what do you say to somebody? What's your what's your thought process around that? Well, let me first just say there's been several times in my journey where I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. It's way too hard. And then my superpower starts whispering to me and in, in my little head, going, You're not out. You just don't have the right framework around things. Mm-hmm. And you don't give up. I said, I'm not a giver upper. I'm a, I'm a, now what do I shift to be more relevant mm-hmm. and more in like compelling to the people that are needing and, and looking for me. So oftentimes the reason why it's not working, and I specialize in people who've been in business for a little bit mm-hmm. and it's not working. Yeah. Okay. So most of the work I do with people is like, I've been in business three years, five years, the revenue's not where I want. This isn't going the way I thought I'm doing all the things and it's not working. I still feel like a best kept secret. And what I find is there's usually one of three problems. They don't really know how to monetize their superpower. So what they're offering isn't relevant and compelling Two, you're offering it to the wrong people. So the people you thought were your people are not your people. God, both number one and number two. Absolutely. And when it doesn't resonate, right? When it's not feeling like it's relevant to you and you're trying to pitch something, you're trying to put it out there, it's going to fall flat. Or conversely, you've got the right offer and the right idea, but you don't know how to message what you do. Uh, and you're talking to the wrong audience, right? So messaging means you really understand who you're, who the people are that are hungry for what you're doing. They need it. They've got a problem. They're ready to solve the problem. So that's a whole class in itself. But the third one, Hillary, I know you're going to get this one and you're going to be like, oh yeah, I know this one is you're not visible enough. Mm. Mm. And so you're best kept secret because nobody knows what you do right. and you've been relying on referrals or you've been maybe counting on your list your email list and your, your, the community you've already built to keep saying yes at a certain point, they're like, Hey, we're not buying right now, but you haven't been continuing to build your community, build your audience, build the people who might need what you want with new audiences. And so you're stagnant. And that's where my visibility strategy can be a huge, like, boom. What's What's one of the steps that you say when you're looking at visibility, what would you suggest? What do I look at or what could somebody be doing right now? What could somebody be doing? Because it does feel like I, you know, and I'm sure you see it too. People are just, they're they're thinking visibility is just getting themselves out there, saying whatever they're going to say. Just like, well, but I did, you know, I did a live every single day or I posted every day and I'm like, oh, (laughs) but what are you posting? What are you talking about? And how relevant is it? And is it relevant to what you ultimately love? So I love to always ask other coaches, all right, you know, what, what do you say? Cause in my book, I actually talk about, you got to be invisible before you can be visible. You got to like really figure out how you're going to be relevant and, and to yourself, 
like make sure that you know that so that then you resonate with whatever you're bringing in. But I'd love to get your take on it. So, and I, let me just say first, I think a lot of people are invisible because there is a certain fear about being more visible. As a matter of fact, I was just speaking to a new client yesterday and, you know, as we were talking about like, cause I run this thing called the visibility sprint. And as I was talking to her about it, she's like, oh my gosh, I just had so much fear come up. And I said, what's the fear about? And she said, I actually have to get in front of people. <laughs> You know, and and so I just want to say, if you're really resonating with that, there are several reasons why we stay invisible to protect ourselves in air quotes, because there's a fear about I'm an imposter or I don't know if I'm ready or, you know, some people literally had traumas that are unresolved that make it very scary for them to be more visible. So first of all, we got to get that resolved. But, but it's almost the- like there's an infinity. It's an infinity. Sometimes you need to become invisible, just to really do the soul searching, really understand like your business does change. You know, you can't just keep playing the same game and hoping for like the wins. You have to be modifying and change. Then you get out and you're, you're very visible. And then you're like, all right, now it's time for me to step back again and really look at it again. And I, I really believe it's about once a quarter, you must be doing this because as I've said earlier with you, things are changing at such a lightning fast paced. Mm-hmm. So it's really yeah. super important. But you, you, I like what you're saying is that there's a lot of people out there that are shriveling up and being invisible and not wanting to put themselves out. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, sometimes. yeah, it does. It, it's, I can't tell you when I was, you know, brand new into this world and it, you know, coaching forever, but like, the digital space? Like, what the heck? I mean, this is probably four years ago, five years ago, I really went big into online courses and things like that. And I'm like, I have no idea about equipment. I have no idea about like the process, how to even do it. And so when you don't know something or when you're uncomfortable, your natural inclination is like, oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah. We freeze, we withdraw. And you know, that's when I think Look, when your message is so impactful and so important that you can't stay invisible, hire a coach, get somebody to help you. Like find the person that you really resonate with, even if they scare you a little bit. Like a really good mentor for you is probably going to scare you you a little bit. Yeah, I think they should. That's so good when somebody's like, you're going to kick my ass. I'm like, well, you know what? I might. (laughs) And they may be a little more pricey than you feel comfortable doing it, but do it. Like- as long as you believe that there is alignment with where you want to go and like you vetted them, like do it. I okay, do want so to say something yes. before we go on. I want to finish answering the question because we got yeah. excited about something else. But there was a moment when you asked me like, what should we be doing? Mm-hmm. There's one thing that changed everything for me and for every mm-hmm. client I've ever worked with. And this is the foundation for really getting that visibility to be monetizable. And that is be known for something. <laughs> so Everybody, this is kind of like the that? superpower now it goes to the superpower. clarity and and when you're known for something your messaging your visibility strategy your speaking your interviews everything starts to kind of orbit around what you're known for and what happens is all of a sudden you'll go from being invisible to being in demand i absolutely 100 percent agree with you on this it when I went and just focused all in on 3HQ and the tune in process, it has changed everything. 
And so what are you, what are you known for? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're asking me. Sorry. I thought that was for the audience. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Hey, everybody. Yes, but I'm what looking, are you I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we will extend this invitation to you as you're listening in, wherever you're listening to this jam into the comments, uh, drop us a line, do something, tell us what you're known for or what you want to be known for. That's a very powerful piece of this puzzle. What I think I'm known for is a combination of powerful, what we call millionaire mindset mm-hmm. and helping people create visibility that's monetized. So they're adding another 100,000 or more to their business each year. And that's, I've oh. integrated two things I got known for so that I can really like take things to a whole new level. Melanie, so good. How can people find you, hear more about superpowers becoming visible, leveraging monetization? I mean, all of that. Where can we go? All the things. Yes, of course. So you can find me on all the socials and all of that. Coach Melanie Benson, usually. I also put together a like a guide that I think is really helpful in recognizing, first of all, how your business superpower fits into those other six factors that when you put them all together, that's when kind of like things take off. Mm. I call it my seven step framework to borrow other people's audiences and add another hundred K to your business. And if you go to melaniebenson.com forward slash relaunch podcast. So melaniebenson.com forward slash relaunch podcast. It's absolutely my gift to you, but download it and work through the process. And there'll be a couple like emails that come after it that will help you learn how to integrate it. That's the framework. That's what I've done every single time I wanted to relaunch, reboot, reignite. And it's, you know, it's a proven process that works. Amazing. Thank you for giving everyone listening the opportunity to get this. Again, we'll have it in the show notes, but I'm going to go check that out as well. I'm fascinated with approaches. And I think that, you know, again, looking at, you know, the head base of 3HQ, we want the steps, we want the procedures. And then what you're doing is incorporating it with that next level, that element of the heart and the highest self. So kudos to you. I have loved having you on the show. Thank you for being here. And everybody, there is so much, as we said, happening in the world stay connected with us. We're going to bring you so many amazing people like Melanie that are going to be able to guide you through these changing times. And as always, it's about live now, love now, relaunch now into that best version of you and your business. Take care and we'll see you next week. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.